0: Welcome back to another episode of Peaceful Home Birth. Today, I have a wonderful guest on the show. We talk about two C-sections and decision-making, how to surrender our birth desires to Jesus, and how that is different than just going with the flow. We talk about how to fire a provider nicely and give you permission to pivot to follow the dreams that the Lord has put on your heart. This episode is so, so good. And I know that there's a special message specifically for someone out there. I believe this will be the confirmation someone needs just to say yes to the dream that God has put on her heart to home birth, no matter how crazy it may seem at the moment. So we can plan our ways, but the Lord will establish our steps. Amen. Well, My guest today is Audrey. She went to Texas Tech University. She has a bachelor's degree in science and nursing. She is a self-proclaimed former scorner of home birth, turned number one hype girl. She loves Jesus, and it is apparent in this episode that everything she does is to bring him glory. She is a wife, homemaker, homeschooling, mama to four, and her wisdom is, again, it's just hundred percent apparent in this episode. And I know you're going to love our conversation as much as I did. So make sure you head over to our Facebook group. You get connected to other like-minded mamas who are on the same journey as you. Your village is waiting. And if you're looking to find some clarity and confidence in pursuing your dream to home birth, maybe you have some specific questions when it comes to planning or preparing and maybe you're just feeling a huge lack of support and you're wanting some encouragement. If this is you, schedule a free 15 minute call with me. We, I, I'll be happy to give you the next step that I can see pursuing your dream home birth. So if you want to schedule that today, go to bit.ly slash 15, the number one confidence to book your free call today. Okay, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Peaceful Home birth Podcast, where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Homebirth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home you've found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth. and now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless c-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose, and I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ, and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth, or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Homeward Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. Hi, Audrey. Thanks for coming on the show today. I'm so excited. We were just chatting before I clicked record and I can already tell this is going to be such a fun <laughs> conversation. So before we get into that and see where it goes, uh, would you just introduce who you are,
1: what you do? Yes. I'm so excited for this, Allie. Okay. So, hi, I'm Audrey. I am a mother to four littles, uh, my youngest being four months old today, actually. So, birth is pretty fresh on my mind. Um, I was a nurse. I tell people I was a nurse in my former life uh, because it feels like that far along ago, far removed from me. Um, I think I hung up my stethoscope, as I'd say, probably about four or five years ago now. And before that, I uh, married my high school sweetheart. We moved out to Lubbock and we went to Texas Tech together. And that's where I got my um, nursing license, my nursing degree from there. Worked as an ICU nurse for a little while. Actually loved that. That was way better than bedside nursing for me personally. Um, And then from there, once we started having babies, we moved back home to East Texas to be close to family. And I took a position as a, a clinic nurse for a little while. And during my daughter's first full year, worked as a nurse. And then after that, I said, man, if we could make it work, if we could swing it, I know money will be tight, but I think I want to try to be home with my kiddos. And so transitioned into home, um, being a full-time stay-at-home mom, and that was a whirlwind since I swore I would never do that. Never had an inkling to do that, but uh, something changed in my heart uh, once I started having my babies. And I owe that totally to the Lord who pricked me for that and opened the door for that to happen. Um, especially with money being tight at the time, you know, you, if you want something bad enough, it's pretty, pretty wild. The the links you'll go to try to make that happen. And then also trusting the Lord that he will not just open a door for you, but he'll lead you for a way for that to work out. Um, and so pretty shortly after I quit my nursing job, I found out I was pregnant with our second daughter. And um so that solidified, okay, I'm staying home. Um, and with those two births, with my you want me to go into birth? <laughs> That's my background.
0: <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yeah. So well, I'm <laughs> excited to talk to you more because we are so similar. Like yeah. our background is very similar. I too was a clinic nurse for a while and yes. um yep, had a you know, heart change that I wanted to be home and yeah, um, I do work you know, one day a week in a clinic still, but it's like my heart is at home in a way that never was before Mm -hmm. when I was working full time. And so that has been such a fun shift. And also, you are an HVAC mom. Can you explain what HVAC is and why is it so significant?
1: (laughs) Okay, so HVAC. So with my first two pregnancies, I had C-sections. So um, an HBAC mom is a mom who has a home birth after a cesarean. So I, I guess you would say I'm a H back H B A two C mom. So an H back after two C sections mom. Um, so yeah, that's that's the premise of that, where you go from surgical births to birthing at home. Like <laughs> just totally flipped opposite. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about that. What what was it that had you having a c-section the first two times and what made the switch for
1: you okay yeah so with my two c-sections ahead of time or in the past I did not I didn't do really any research looking into it um with my nursing background I think that kind of filled me with a false sense of pride in my knowledge I thought man I have a I've gone to nursing school. I've had a semester, a semester <laughs> of labor and delivery. I understand how that works. Um, even though during my rotation, I had maybe seen one physiological start of a birth. I never saw one finish. I only saw C-sections in my entire time, which is wild now that I think of it. I didn't think anything of it at the time. But in my time uh, in that rotation, when I had clinicals, only saw C-sections. Really wild to think back on. Anywho, because I had all this education around birth that I thought I didn't really prepare for birth. Um, and then a story for a different time, but I, me and my husband were going through a rather difficult time in our marriage. And so there was a lot of focus that was going toward that as well. And so that really hindered me from feeling like I could totally prepare for this birth mixed with, I was kind of of the mindset of I don't really want to look too much into this because it might freak me out. I know enough that I'll be fine. And then also, let's just go with the flow. That's like famous last words, right? Famous last words. Let's just go with the flow. Uh, and the flow usually doesn't take you where you want to go. <laughs> and when you look back, at least that's it didn't with me. And so um, with that being said, with my first birth, and again, this is all hindsight. At the time, I had no idea of what actually was going on, where the problems were starting, or if I had any part in those problems or the system had any part in them, I just thought, oh, things are going a certain way. Now they're going bad. Now I'm going to have a C-section because it was an emergency emergency. I'm doing air quotes for those who cannot see us. Um, and then before you know it, I'm thinking that my doctor sank our lives and in a way she did. I mean, we were in a bad place, but, um, so all, how it all started, I was 40 weeks and two days, and I was scheduled for an induction the next day. That's, you know, a problem as well for lots of different reasons. I'm sure you've already talked about it here on the podcast with other people. But I was scheduled for an induction the next day. And um, I decided to go with my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law and walk around babies are us when that was still a thing. Those are gone now <laughs> uh, for context. And we walked around looking at baby clothes. It was really sweet time. I guess that boosted oxytocin and I started going into labor. Uh, I had no idea what the contractions you know, were, I asked my mother-in-law, I said, what did, what did contractions feel like? Do you remember? <laughs> Cause I was just feeling some cramps in my back. Um, but they were getting stronger pretty quickly. And so I thought, well, let's just go home. So I went home, called my husband to come home for his lunch break. And he started timing contractions. Things were progressing. Everything was fine. And then probably about an hour of that, I was starting to get to a point where I thought, okay, well, let's just go to the hospital. Cause I'm pretty sure something's happening. Um, and you know, I want to just be, I want to be safe. I want to be there, you know, Again, first time mom <laughs> thoughts that go in through your head of, I need to go to the place it's safe rather than I'm in a safe place, you know? Um, and so we went to the hospital. I, they checked me. I was at a five, which was very surprising and exciting. Um, and I think at that point, I was already about 60% effaced. So I was obviously progressing. Things were going well. I was going to be admitted. I remember them coming in um, after they checked me and they said, Okay, so do you plan to get an epidural or what's your plan here? And I said, no, let's just see how things go. You know, let's just go with the flow. <laughs> I feel pretty good. Let's just see how things go. Again, uh, zero birth prep. I don't think I even did a birth class, Allie. I think I actually Googled uh, how to breathe through contractions. I maybe watched one YouTube video. I mean, we're talking the week before. <laughs> the week before I knew it was scheduled for an induction. Such little preparation. So it is no wonder in my mind, and I do tell people this when I tell the story, that I think I needed that epidural in a sense because I was not prepared. I did no mental prep ahead of time. I was not, um, I was not in a mental space for what was to come outside of knowing that, oh, I can just kind of skip out on these feelings. That sounds good to me. And so by the time I finished triage, got to the end of their hallway, which was very long. I had like two contractions already. And I said, by the end of that walk, I said, okay, go ahead and get the anesthesiologist. We're ready to tap out. Um, so got in there, got settled, um, got in the line to get my epidural. They gave me some stadol because I guess that's what you give to people. And that's for those who don't know, it's just, um, it's a pain medication that you can give through IV and I was feeling pretty good. I was having a good time. <laughs> any, any worries or stress I had or just kind of flitted it away. Um, and so I was just waiting around for that. Things were still going. I was still progressing. They checked me again. I think I was around a six. So things were going totally fine. And looking back, I got my records from the hospital. And in in my admit, admit, they said they charted me as like expected vaginal delivery, no complications, low risk. Everything from their standpoint was looking good too. So got my epidural and that was fine. Um, I think that maybe caused me to progress even more. I hit about 80% of face pretty quickly after that. Um, my doctor came in and checked me, said things were looking great. My water hadn't broken yet. So she said, why don't we go ahead and break your water? So I said, okay, again, going with the flow. You're the doctor. I'm not, I trust whatever you want to do. And I had done no research as to why that might not be the best call to make. So I let her break my water within maybe five minutes of that happening. My daughter's heart rate was dropping tremendously, um, and staying dropped. It would occasionally raise again but it stayed pretty, pretty low. And I couldn't see the monitor. Thankfully, I would have been freaking out. Um, But the nurses were coming in and they were doing the nurse voice with me, which I know the nurse voice. It's the whole like, everything's fine, but it's really not, but they don't want to freak you out, but it's good. It's okay, so we're good. And so I was getting nurse voiced and I knew that. And um, then the nurses were like, okay, well, we need to try to get baby's heart rate better. And so at that point, I'm starting to get anxious because I'm thinking something has happened. Something's not right. And so they, you know, they flip me over to my side, they get me up on all fours. I've had an epidural at this point and somehow I got up on all fours to try to get the baby in a better position. But the only way her heart rate would come back up is when somebody was in, internally um, touching her head. So uh, that was it. And so pretty, pretty fast after that, the doctor came back in and she tried to reinfuse my uterine cavity with fluid. I know, I've never heard of this before, <laughs> but she tried to reinfuse my uterine cavity um i'm assuming to get the blotment, which that's when the baby's in the sack still and they're still having all that fluid around them to hold them up um but that failed that didn't work obviously that's that's like a self man made created way so from there i mean it felt like quick as lightning they said okay we got to get you go we got to get you back to the or for a c section we're going right now and i remember looking at my husband telling him to text everybody to pray and we were just looking at each other with tears in our eyes because he couldn't come with me because it was an emergency um, and my husband does not cry. <laughs> that was like a very impactful moment. I think I'll always hold on to. of just like us parting ways thinking I could die. My baby could die. I might not see him again. He might not see me again. All those things in that moment. And they wheeled me back. Had the C-section, had my baby, woke up like from a nap as a mom. Like that's how it felt. It's like you go to sleep because they had to put me down. Even though I had the epidural, I had a hot spot, So I had to go totally under. And I woke up from my little miniature surgery nap. And I was a mom and somebody was handing me a crying baby telling me to breastfeed. It was, is chaos. It really felt chaotic. Um, but that was my first uh, experience with my C-sections. I could go into the next one, but yeah. you know, we keep going. I feel like I'm tipping so much.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. No, there, I mean, there's so much just in that story that I'm sure we could unpack for like a whole episode. And I think, I know, a lot of times people don't understand, but it's really helpful to hear a story. Like you can see yeah. the start of the story and where it starts to kind of fall apart, you know? And that yeah. I tell people I have like this superpower of being able to say, I I kind of know how your birth is gonna turn out. And it's only because yeah. you hear the same story over and over and over again. And yeah, like that was my story too. I mean, not the reinfusion which I have, right. (laughs) But it is wild that it's like, why did you do it in the first place, man? Mm -hmm. You know, like it It was was, no
1: reason. It was fine. Yeah. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. But yeah, we, we just don't, I think that's why stories are so powerful because I think it gives people a bigger bigger picture of like, okay, I see the whole whole downturn of how things happen. So that happened.
1: I'm sure postpartum was a little rough. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's still something that when I think back on, it still feels like a blur. You know, it it feels as if I don't want to say I was robbed because I didn't know what to expect. Like I think about maybe robbery would be the right term. But for me, it's like when you're robbed of something you know what you had, like you had something, and then it was taken from you. But when you never even knew what it was supposed to be like from the beginning, you don't really know. It's just like, this is motherhood. This is what it is to have a baby now. Um, And to feel this kind of weird disconnect, but you're tired. But maybe also your hormones, like all these things that now having two physiological births, I'm like, my gosh, I was robbed. (laughs) But I didn't know at the time. And so um, yeah, I definitely had a harder time bonding with my firstborn. and even my second born, which was also you know we'll get into that in a minute, but that was also a c-section. Um, differently, like the first one, there's no comparison. It was way harder with my first birth, no doubt, no doubt. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think for the postpartum thing, you're, so, you're so spot on. And I think a lot of first time moms just don't even know what to expect. Like we're not talking yeah. about postpartum very often. And so mm-hmm. they don't know, like you were saying that they've been robbed from something, they just don't feel right. And I think right. that was, for me, I started asking questions. I mean, it took me o- over a year to really realize, oh, my postpartum was like, not ideal. <laughs> I right. thought it was just, this is just what it is, you feel, yeah. crazy and you feel so sad, and you feel like yeah. you don't get around anybody. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. just part of it. It's like, no, <laughs> like there's something yeah. going on there, and it might have been caused by your birth experience, you know. Um, Absolutely. but it's just not normalized to talk about that. So, uh, okay, well, you had a c section with your first, I don't know, if yeah. like mine. My doctor was like, well, you're gonna schedule c sections from now on. Was that yep. a similar thing for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, I mean, we're we really are living the same yeah. birth story life over here, it sounds like. <laughs> um, yeah. So I went, I got pregnant, obviously, like I said, and um went in for my normal checkup, OB appointment was with the same doctor, because again, she saved my life, she saved baby's life. So why would I leave her? That's absurd. Um, I mean, truly, it was not until I was even considering getting pregnant with our third. That I even thought to think critically about my birth story and like, how did things dissolve? How did things go that far? Why did she feel the need to refuse, reinfuse my cavity? Oh, it's because things went downhill as soon as she broke my water. Like, all these things didn't even cross my mind until later on. So, anyway, went back to my same position because, I mean, she's my, my, my girl, she saved me. Um, and we have this trauma bond, it seems. It's almost like a Stockholm syndrome a little bit. And I had no idea, again, either that that was a problem until I started uh, telling other people my birth story. And they said, okay, remind me why you're going back to the same person? Still no idea. So went back to her, went in and got my first um, appointment, checkup, whatever. And she said, yeah, so we'll go ahead and schedule your C-section, like all these things. And at that time, I, I had an inkling of wanting to try to be back, but my mentality was very much so try. It was not what it was for my third birth, which was do. And now again, you hold those overhanded, right? Like you you have a desire, but it is the Lord who determines our steps. It is the Lord, like you don't, don't say you're gonna go here or there when you may not be around in a year. You say, Lord, this is what I, I think I'm gonna do, but ultimately, where do you want me to go? So anyway, I was very much so, we'll just try. A VBAC, if that's okay. What do you think? You know, kind of asking her her opinion, and then she has her opinion, and it's no, don't do that. We do C sections. um But I really did want to at least try. But my thought toward try was we'll get to a certain point, and if I don't have the baby by that point, then we'll go ahead and just do the C section as planned. Because I, she also had told me, because I asked kind of like, let's have a dialogue, let's have a discussion, not as in like, tell me why I had to have a C section. It was more just, you know, what do you think that was about? <laughs> what happened? And um, her response was, well, you know, your baby was big. She was eight, fourteen. My, my daughter, my firstborn, your baby was big and you're pretty small. You've you got narrow, you're narrow. So, you know, you just might not be able to have big babies. Like your, your body just may not be able to do that. And so I had gotten locked into my head that I just don't do the big baby thing. So whenever we started approaching my due date with my second. Um, we did an ultrasound. We did like one of those checkups. Let's see how big the baby's getting. Even though, spoiler alert, those things can be off. What is it? One and a half pound to two pounds? Even absurd. Oh, I was like, oh yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Let's let's trust the thing that's super inaccurate. I, that sounds great. But again, she's in charge at this point. Like my doctor had full I had full trust in her. If she's going to say we should check, we should check because by golly. If that's what happened with my first birth, because I'm just too small, my babies are too big. I do not want that to happen again. And so we got our little check done with my ultrasound and she measured, it was, she was measuring a head. And um, my doctor basically said, well, you know, second baby, subsequent pregnancies are typically bigger babies. So you couldn't have your first baby. It's, It's possible that you may not be able to birth this one vaginally either. So with that mindset, you know, okay, definitely. Let's schedule a C-section. Let's not even wait till 40 weeks. Let's do it at 39. So we had, I had my scheduled C-section at 39 weeks with my second baby. And that's a total different rugamaroo because you're going in not even, no, no contractions, nothing. You're just going in a normal day. And then all of a sudden you're having all these things happen to your body and to your baby. And your body is just, I think you're just thrown through a loop because it didn't get to go through any of those hormone fluctuations that I now know through educating myself are so imperative, both for you to connect to your baby and for your baby to have a not a successful birth, because if they're born, they're born. But to have a smooth transition, I guess that's the better way to put it, a smoother transition coming into this world. Um, and when you don't have those things happening, I mean, whether we like it or not, you're missing out, your baby's missing out, things aren't functioning as God design them to do the function properly and so that was a weird yeah that was just a very weird experience to go in like i'm just going to go in for a pedicure or something and then have have a procedure to have a baby like it's just the very odd i can't even put words to it experience
0: yeah, so, I, yeah yeah i can't imagine that i know i try and like think about willingly walking into an OR and laying down on the table that was so traumatic for me with my arms stretched wide and allowed yeah. that to happen again like I literally after my first one happened I was like there's absolutely no way like I made my home birth decision kind of out of a place of trauma I'm like yeah. you know, I'm absolutely never gonna do that again because I, I, I cannot envision me walking in and doing that so yeah no and I know moms do and it's like I know so I'm like you are so <laughs> strong in order to do yeah. that. I like,
1: strong enough to go back to the I hospital like, I, I feel that Allie and so with the second one this is gonna sound crazy because how do you not think about it but I didn't I just didn't think about it because I had a c-section before so I knew but I didn't I knew I knew emergency c-section and I knew anesthesia over my face, laughing gas, falling asleep, waking up. I literally, it took me to, just like what you were saying, going in, getting my arms strapped to the table, getting my um, spinal to realize, oh my gosh, I have done zero, again, I've done zero mental prep for this. I just thought I'm gonna come in, have a surgery, have a baby. I did not think about all the steps that it takes, even though I'm a nurse and I've seen it, I saw it. I I don't know how I didn't think about this, but I didn't. And so that was where my trauma came, where I... I willingly put myself in a position where all these things were happen to, happening to me. And I was getting so anxious, like borderline panic attack. Thank God for the precious anesthesiologist who saw me hyperventilating and was really kind to try to calm me down. Um, but it I didn't, I, my, my trauma came from being so unprepared and not aware of what I was putting myself into. I remember asking, can I just be put under? Can y'all just put me under? I don't want to be awake. And they were saying like, no, we can't, we can't do that. We, that's not how this works, which of course it doesn't. But I, that's how I felt in that moment of, I can't believe I didn't think about being awake for this. I, had, th- I hadn't I had thought about it at all. So yeah, that's, that was and- what spurred me toward home the second time or third time. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: I was, I was going to ask you that. And I think going back to you, said something that was really, I want to point out is mm-hmm. there's a difference between try and do. And I think yeah. that big difference is the decision-making part yeah. of it, right? And yeah. so our our actions are dictated by the decisions that we make. And when yes. you um, abdicate all authority and you let somebody else make decisions, then the actions that follow aren't typically yours, which makes you feel right. out of control. And so I right. see this time and time again with the go with the flow, or we're just going to try or we'll just, well, yep. was like all of those things is just a lack of intention and decision. Yeah. yeah. And it does seem easier at first because mm-hmm. you're like, well, then I won't be disappointed. But then looking yeah. back, at it, you're like, oh, but I was disappointed, even though I didn't make decisions. Do you see yes, that?
1: Like, absolutely, yeah. I, I hundred percent agree. Definitely agree. It. I would want to encourage anybody who's listening to this who hasn't had children. Mm-hmm. I know that going with the flow seems easier, but there, it's it's just it's a delay of, I don't want to say consequences, but it's a delay of having to own up to what happened, mm-hmm. Um, because. You're, if you're not making the decision, somebody else is, and this is an experience you will remember for the rest of your life, you'll be talking about likely for the rest of your life. Um, and either way, just, just being able to go in being educated and informed about the flow that that's, that's it. You know, you can, you can have an easygoing attitude. You can be okay with certain things, but just going with the flow does not need to equal I've done zero prep work ahead of time for this. I've done zero thinking about this, um, and I'm just going to assume whatever comes at me is fine. Um, okay. That's just dangerous. I think this is so
0: important, uh, and yeah. we had talked about this before clicking record, mm-hmm. but I think this is a perfect place to kind of dive deeper into it. Yeah, there, as Christians, like we do. You had mentioned, you know, the Lord is directing our steps, right? We yes. do have a sense of responsibility to make decisions, right? And He puts dreams and desires on our heart, but like, we should probably be making the right decisions to make that, you know, first step and then ultimately surrender our outcomes to the Lord. So could you talk about, is there a difference between surrendering and -hmm. going with the flow or surrendering Mm. and just seeing how it goes? Is there a
1: difference? And if so, Uh,
0: communicate that.
1: Yes. So I will, (laughs) I will go on my own interpretation of the answer to that question, but ultimately anybody who's listening, I mean, press in to what Allie just asked and in your quiet time, in your time with the Lord, seek his wisdom on that, because I'm going to say what I think, but ultimately everything needs to be checked with scripture. Everything needs to be checked with what the Lord's leading you into in the answer to that, because um, you may come to a different definition than I am about to share. So I would say just doing zero prep work for this um, particular question. I would say the difference to me between like just going with the flow and like, Oh, we'll just see what happens. Like, it's my first birth, which is you know how I was going with it. of like, it's my first birth. I'll, I'll think more about things later or after I've experienced it, then I'll know what to do next time um, versus that versus surrendering. Because that is as a Christian important, not just for birth, but all of life. Like we, We have many plans. We have many things we tell the Lord we want to do, but it's ultimately, number one, it should be him who determines our steps. We should do all things for his glory and we should always be looking at the word of God. And even though the word of God is not going to say, you should have your baby at the hospital, you should have your baby at home, whatever. We can trust that just as it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path you take. If we believe that that is true about life, why is that not true about birth? That should be absolutely paramount with your birth as well. One of the most pivotal, paramount Ebenezer stone, you're always going to remember it. You're always going to cling to God's faithfulness. Hopefully you'll be able to see that in your life moments. That should be paramount. You should always be seeking God's path. So the difference between, like you said, surrender and going with the flow, I would say is, To surrender something, you have to know what it's like, I think, to hold it first. So I think with birth, that that comes with like taking responsibility for your birth, taking responsibility for um, equipping yourself with knowledge and information. Not that you have to go become a midwife or you have to become an ob to understand all the ins and outs, but take a birth class, you know, Um, read really helpful birth books like do do some due diligence and see how the physiology of the, the body works because God's design is incredible like there I, I feel like birth is such a deep well that I'm constantly still finding out more and more things about and I love that even with four babies I'm I'm never gonna reach a point where I think I've made it I figured everything out like it's just it's constantly so much to learn because God is so intricate in all of the details he has put into birth but do due diligence and understand those things and hold that, hold what you learn um, from what you've learned, partner with the Lord and have dreams about your birth. Like what would you like for this to look like? It's okay. You're not selfish to desire certain things to go a certain way. Um, That you're a human who has hopes and dreams and desires built within you. That's part of God's creation Um, that we get to be creative with him. And he loves to hear those from us. So, Dream those things up with the Lord. Think those things as you hold on to like what you know about birth from doing a little bit of research, doing some classes. And then surrendering comes from saying, okay, Lord, here's what I'm hoping. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, you know, I understand how my body's going to push this baby out. I pray, you know, at these certain moments that it would look like this. Can you, can you make a way here for this to happen? God, I'm really nervous about what this t- could happen. Can you make, can you make that not be a fear for me? If that were to come up, and then also, would you would you not let it come up? You know, like kind of the kind of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego kind of moments of like, I believe the Lord will do it; He will save us from your hand, O King. But even if not, our God, we are not going to bow down to you. Like, are we still going to serve God? We're going to trust God over what happens to us. And I think we need to hold that and we need to realize that in birth. So yeah, surrendering means like saying, "Okay, God, here's all my hopes and plans and dreams, and I'm excited about this, or I'm nervous about this, or I have some fear around this." here you go i know that you will guide this i know you will hold this in your hands which are far more capable than my own or my midwives or my doctors or my nurses i trust you to hold this in your hands and to guide it versus going with the flow is in in my mind again this is come maybe people will come with different definitions but going with the flow is straight up saying i am not going to look into things or i'm going to do very minimum research or i'm just going to rely on you know Susie q telling me her birth story one time um or just kind of like what I know about the world. Like everybody has their babies at hospitals. There's nothing wrong. Everything's fine. I don't, my doctor would never encourage me to do something or give me something that's not good for me. And no, your doctor might never do that out of malicious intent or something negative. But they also might just not know. Or maybe they, the education that they're choosing to educate themselves on and their continuing research isn't, isn't something that's actually rooted in truth. You know, it, it, there is, there are things that get taught that aren't necessarily always best. And sometimes maybe not even best practice. I don't have anything, any resources to back that, but from what I've seen and experienced with my own eyes, it doesn't seem as if every single little thing that, that people are doing in the hospital is always backed by solid science resources or research. And so, And so what that means, like you don't look at everybody in the medical system or doctors or hospitals with a negative, you know, suspicious glint in your eye, but you do look at things critically and you say, they're humans, they're people, they're fallible. Science is changing. Research changes. uh, So maybe they don't have all the answers and maybe I shouldn't just expect them to. Maybe I need to do a little bit of digging myself because it is my birth. It is my experience. It is my child that God's given me. And I'm responsible for that, not them. And so you have to decide in those moments of, you know, taking responsibility. So anyway, going the flow, basically in my mind says, uh, I don't really want to face this. I don't really want to know. And so I'm just going to let somebody else make the decision. I'm going to let somebody else take responsibility. Um, and we'll just hope for the best, yeah. um, even though you did nothing to prepare for the best outcomes yourself. Yeah. So that's what I would say.
0: Yeah. And I think I, all of that, I totally agree. And all of that. When I think of surrender too, I'm like, you have to surrender to somebody. Like there's an object to your who you're surrendering to. And so, like, for surrender, you're like, okay, God, I do trust you with this. Yeah. All the dreams and desires, I believe you've placed them on my heart. You're going to establish my steps. You're going to give good counsel around me. And then I'm going to trust that you're going to do everything. Um, that you want to do that's going to bring you glory. And then on the yeah. other side of it, the going with the flow is kind of surrendering. Yeah, that's a good point. Not God. <laughs> right. Definitely.
1: Most yeah. Most
0: of the time, what I'm seeing, it's surrendering to either the the birth process or right. to the hospital system or anything yeah. else. And again, I I love that you said this too. Like this is something to be assessing within your within yourself and ask, asking the Lord, like praying, Lord, if there is any grievous way within my heart, please reveal it. Right. Like search my heart, know me, Lord. And so he will reveal that. Are you surrendering to even the free birth community is surrendering the birth process. Right. Yeah. So they're not surrendering their birth to the Lord. And so when things happen or when, um, this idol of birth fails them it is absolutely devastating wow. and I yeah. have to check myself every time I have a baby like yeah am I thinking that birth is more important <laughs> or like right. will I be totally wrecked if this happens yes um, and absolutely I, I yeah it's something that the Lord has to continually check in my heart and so I love that For you sure. encourage that journaling and that prayer it's so Mm -hmm. powerful and another thing that um (laughs) you had said is you know you're this is like a pivotal moment of your life and literally you're going to yeah hold on to it and remember it forever and the thing that got me so much was like my doctor does not remember my name my no. doctor doesn't remember if I had a boy or a girl. My doctor no. has no idea. She didn't even know two weeks later why she did a C-section for me.
1: Yeah. Well, like, she has
0: well. no idea. But I remember every single detail. So this radical responsibility, like, yes. is not just... God doesn't give us responsibility and, like, hope you, you know, hope you... Yeah. It. It's just, like, right. no, I'm giving you responsibility for your good. Like, yes, am going to be so good for you and your baby yeah. and giving yeah. that way to somebody else that yep. is not in our best benefit. Like that's not how the Lord designed yep. it. And so we will suffer mm-hmm. consequences when we do that. So
1: absolutely, ugh, that was we, good.
0: Yeah. We, I feel like that subject, like we could talk
1: about forever. <laughs> I think we could. I think we could. Cause I think with my, um, my first home birth, so that was in 2021, I mean, that surrendering, it was a daily constant, always process because, you know, like you experienced too, like you're going from, I don't even know my body's going to be able to do this. Maybe they're right. Maybe everybody who said that, you know, my babies are too big. I'm too small. Maybe they're correct. And I'm about to prove it by trying to do this crazy air quotes again, for those who can't see us crazy thing and home birth my baby, Mm -hmm. um, And I just had to continue to bring it to the Lord, like, Lord, I think you got, I do believe that you guided me here on this path. I believe that you put my feet here to have this baby at home. And, and, and I want, I want it to work out. I really do. But ultimately, Lord, I want you to have the glory and I want to deepen my trust in you. And if that means that I have to go have this baby at the hospital again, God, you're still good. And I, and I trust you and I surrender this birth outcome to you because my birth outcome is not my God. You are. And and I want to live that out. And I'm going to believe that's true. And so when I finally hit that point of saying, I desperately, deeply want, my hope is that this happens, Lord, but I know that I'm going to be okay. If I have another C-section, I know that you're still good and you're still God and you still love me. Even if I have another C-section, that was a freeing experience, a freeing moment.
0: Yes. So yeah. much of that. And you know, yeah. what? That takes some deep, deep heart mm. work yes, it does. <laughs> and it is not easy and mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to do it in the context of community community, and like talking mm-hmm. to other people who've been there because sometimes yes. it's the outside things that um they can, you know, I don't know, help you along with, or even just talking it out and journaling about it. It, it really Definitely. is it's a lot of work. And this has come up, um, quite a bit in the last few minutes that we've been talking, but you had said like, dreaming is so important. And I just want to point yes. out like, yeah, after my first homework, I was sitting at the table and I was asking the Lord, like, Lord, that was the preparation that I did. Everything that I did was so intense. Like But how can you explain the journey that I went through during, you know, right after I had the C-section to planning and preparing and then finally having a home birth, like break it down for me. Can you tell me how I was able to do that? And he was like, the first thing you did was dream. And then, oh, wow. And so I just like that is so important. And so I want to encourage anybody out there listening, like it's okay to dream. I know for so long I was told like your magic, like it's just your imagination, you know, like imagination is a bad thing. It's like, wow, the Lord gave us an imagination. He gave us the ability to, and in fact, it's a powerful tool. And yeah, Dreaming about that and then making an intentional decision doesn't mean that you can't surrender it to the Lord. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I see that so consistently in people who have been told one thing, um, and yes. then made a radically different decision, it's because they dreamt about it. They had a dream on mm. their heart and then they made the decision about it. So I I, I just love that. That was so apparent in your story. And yeah afraid of dreaming. <laughs> so I love yes. that. Okay. So you had your second C-section. How was that postpartum for you?
1: It was still rough. I mean obviously the the hormones, the flood of everything that hits your system, um, the bonds you to your baby wasn't was it there. Um, and so that was hard on its own regard, but it was definitely comparatively better, um, than my first, but I think a lot of it had to do because my baby slept a lot better. (laughs) Um, and that was more personality. I did not master any sort of sleep training program or anything. Like it was just, she just slept better. And it's amazing what your mind can do when you can sleep. (laughs) I mean, the mix of postpartum, postpartum hormones plus sleep deprivation. Oh, that's a rough one. And so I was just sleeping better. I think I still had the wompy postpartum hormones, but making having able to sleep made a huge difference. But it was it was still hard. Yeah, that would yeah. definitely Did you hard.
0: know, like, right after you had your second C section, I'm never doing this again. Or was it kind of a process with that?
1: It was a definite a definitive like, I God, I'd never want to go through that again. Like, please, Lord, do not ever let me go through that again. Because even though it's like, well, Audrey, you chose this. Okay. (laughs) I do. I, like I said it earlier, I chose it and I had no idea what I was choosing. You, you'd think I would done done preparation. But like I said, I didn't, I, I was, I was just going with the flow. I was just letting it happen. And so anyway, when I, when I got out of the hospital and we were home, I just remember thinking, well, number one, my recovery was a lot harder with, um, postpartum my second c-section i think it's because i was pushing myself to heal get better back to normal faster having another little one at that point i was thinking well i've got to figure this thing out you know um and so i didn't allow myself really to rest and recover and again i had done no research about birth about postpartum and so i didn't understand what i understand now which is just the massive importance to rest and recover and let your body heal Um, goodness. I mean that five, five, five rule, maybe you can help me out remembering that, but it's like what five days in bed, five days on the bed and then five days near your bed around your bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that is so key. And I finally did that with my fourth baby. I didn't even do that with my third. And it just, the, the difference, I can't even express the extreme difference, my healing, my recovery, everything happened with this past baby because I actually did that. I took it seriously. Um which is, you know, with my first, second and third it did not. But um yeah, with with my with my second C-section after that was over, I was I was talking to the Lord and I just said, "Lord, please, Lord, if I have to have babies like that, I won't do it anymore." Like I don't I don't want any more babies. And so then so that was where I was at. I was like, "I can't do that again. We cannot put myself through that again." Um and then, you know, however, how it happens with women, women, you know, a little bit distance happens and you're like, oh, I miss baby, want another baby. And I just remember thinking even before we conceived, I was like, Lord, if we get pregnant, I don't, I don't want it to be another C-section Lord. And this was, again, it was a dream. It was a hope. It was a prayer. God, if you allow us to conceive, if you allow us to have another child, please don't, don't lead me down the path of surgery again. Let it be that I can have this baby from my own body. And so my prayers began even before conception that we would have a V-back. And again, I hadn't done deep digging into my first and second C-sections. And so I was still with my same provider. I was with my same provider Allie until I was 33 weeks along in my third pregnancy. Um, And then I switched over to my midwife group that I ended up using for my home birth. So again just just another thing i want to say to everybody you can change if yeah. you you can pivot please pivot if you feel the le- the leading of the lord uh if you don't if you feel unrest in your spirit there's probably a reason for that um yeah so anyway uh, that was the, a major pivot
0: yeah that is a huge pivot and i i'm glad you didn't feel stuck
1: but right I'm, yeah
0: had you was it at 33 weeks you decided to home birth then Yep. <laughs> oh my. I mean, that's a massive pivot. That's not just like changing. It's curves. not. That's like no. locations
1: and I hit everything. Everything. How yeah. did that come about? Okay. So I'm really glad we got to this because I was worried we would run out of time because it's such a huge, massive thing that you said. Um, but so when I got pregnant with our third, I actually, aside from making an appointment again with the same position, I, um, reached out to a group here in our area who, a midwife group, I had no idea though, when I reached out to them and we did a consult, it was, you know, with COVID and everything crazy with that. So we did our consult, um, via zoom. I had no idea that they didn't do a birth center. Like it was only at home. It was home or bust. And so whenever I had this consult and they were telling me kind of how they roll and how they do things. And I was like, okay, so, you know, do we go in the hospital, but it's just you guys, or do you do birth center? And they said, No, we only do home births. And this was it, I think around nine or twelve weeks that I had this first consult with them. And I my I just felt so defeated. I was like, I can't do a home birth. Can't do a home birth. I have had two C-sections, you know? That's that seems impossible in my mind. Um, but I, I remember telling them, like, I I do want to be back. I I am interested in doing that. Like, would you guys, I mean, just would you take me? I think that was what I was asking. Like, would you even take me if I decided to do this, even though I don't think I'm going to do it? Because at that point I had not done enough research, had not done enough digging myself, taking responsibility, um, to see the pros and cons of both sides. And so I felt still for my nursing brain, home birth equals unsafe. And why would you do that? Especially when you have risks like I do. Um, and so they said that they would take me though, after I asked them, like, would you even be willing to take me? He said that, you know, they, they would consider taking me if I decided to go that path. So I knew it was an opening. I knew it was an option. But I ended up staying with my provider because I didn't do the research at that time. I was still very scared. And I believed that my provider would allow me to do a VBAC because she said that she would. She said, we'll try. She said, we'll try a VBAC. We'll see. Um And then as we started progressing through the pregnancy, you know, those little red flags continued to come up. Um, she's a lovely lady I I really like her as a person but there was just a lot of okay why are you doing this okay why are you challenging me here okay well no this is how we do it this is fine those kind of remarks phrasings things that were said to me um being billed every month that I would go to the clinic for another c-section that was really messing with my head um but that's something that I guess they have to do per hospital policy that they just bill you until you have a v-back Um, so anyway, that was weird. All those things just kind of were very triggering, very upsetting. I felt like I was going to have to fight this uphill battle, um, to have the birth that I wanted. And so, um, I also had a, a doula. That was something that I was really passionate about having. And I reached out to her early on in my pregnancy, asking if she was available. And she said she wasn't. So that was crushing because was, there's was only one person I wanted. I had met her at a coffee shop and she was wearing her baby, and we had gotten, we had a great conversation. This was like two years before I even reached out to her, and I ca- I got her card and I kept her card, and I was like, man, if I ever have a baby, I'm gonna call this lady. And so I called her, I texted her, and she was unavailable in that in the month of my delivery. And so I thought, well, I guess I won't have a doula then because it was her or bust. Like it was like again, yeah, I'm very, <laughs> I wanted that, and it was what I hoped for, and it didn't work out. In November of the year before I had my son, so 2020, she reached out to me saying she actually was open. And it was such a surprise. I was so excited. I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, yes. Yes, absolutely. I want you to be my doula. Um, I felt like I was asking to be my bridesmaid or something. I was like, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) I'm so excited. Uh, And then we got together for our consult. And it was honestly, Ali, it was meeting with her, having her ask me what I wanted for my birth. That really got my wheels turning, and really got her to realize as I was speaking and giving her my answer that what I wanted was not another hospital birth, and it sounded more like it could be something that would be better at a home, at home for a home birth. And I and I remember her saying like, "Okay, I think what you're actually wanting here isn't to birth at the hospital. To birth at home is what you want." And I remember her saying that, and I was like, "Oh no, no, no! I I can never do that." And she was gracious and kind. Um, and she presented me with information that led me to believe, no, actually you probably could, and it would probably have better outcomes for you. And she continued to feed me information about the success rate of VBACs, about how a a really high majority of people who pursue home birth end up having babies at home. And in fact, people who have, um, vaginal deliveries after C-section, if they go into it with that mindset of like, okay, I'm mentally prepared for this, I've done the research, I've educated myself, I know what I want, I know how my body's gonna function, ideally without any complications. They have a really high success rate of having a successful vaginal delivery after a C-section. Anyway, so she she was so wonderful and just put a smorgasbord of information in front of me to sift through and do my own research on. And by the end of that, I realized, okay, this actually is a, is it a real option. And that turned my prayers and my dreams and my surrendering from God, I'm surrendering my birth to you as a whole, please Lord, let me have a V back into like, and I've been praying that daily all the time. Like, God, I I desperately want this V back. Lord, please help me know what to do. Please guide me. Where should I go? Should I stay with this provider? I'm starting to feel scared. I'm not feeling supported, but then I stayed, but then I stayed, I didn't know what to do. I felt so confused. And then in November, when I had this doula reach back out to me saying, I'm free, I'm available and I was able to meet with her and she was presenting all this information to me instead of just saying like, Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll see. Thank you for that. That's good to know. Yada, yada. It really struck me as like, this could be, and I believe truly is an answer to my prayer of my surrendering. Am I asking God to show me which path to take? Cause I was going down this path and it didn't feel right. And it didn't, I didn't know what was wrong, but it, it didn't, it didn't seem like where I needed to be going, but I didn't see any of the paths. And then when she came back into my life in November, I realized, okay, there's the other path. This is what I've been praying for. And so instead of being like, okay, I'll consider that. I'll put a little pin in that. Let's just see how things keep going. It felt like God had just flung it open. And so in any other season of my life, in any other thing, I think I would have been like, okay, well, I should, I should think about this more. I should pray about this more. But because I had already been doing so much prayer work in the, in the back, throughout the whole pregnancy, as soon as that came open, I saw it as like, okay, I believe that this is the Lord saying yes. The, the Lord is saying, I'm hearing your prayers. I know that you want this be back, and I'm going to provide a way. And here's the way. And that's at least how it seemed as I was moving forward. And so that's really what, what turned it all. And so uh, that that's, that's where I really got onto the path of home birth, uh, probably at 30 weeks. And then I didn't switch over care until 33 weeks. So, cause they, they accepted me. That was the other thing. My, my midwife team, they accepted me. And that was a huge thing of like, okay, God, this is going to show me whether or not this is really it, because I'm going to go to them. We're going to have another meeting. And if they say, nope, sorry, you're too risky. You're too late. I'm going to, I'm going to receive that. And I'm going to say, okay, God, you do want me at the hospital. I, I, I trust you and that's where we're going to go. But if they say yes, then I do believe that you, cause they're believers too. my, this midwife group I use. So that was awesome. I do believe that they hear from you. I believe that they're seeking your discernment as well. So if they accept me, I'm going to take that as a yes, that you want me to go down this way. And even though I'm kind of scared and I need to do more research, and <laughs> you're going from, I want to be back to, Oh, I want to be back at a, at home that feels wildly different. And so I'm going to trust that you'll lead me and you'll give me the information I need to bolster my decision. But ultimately I'm just going to trust that you are, you're helping me make this decision right now and opening that door. And so anyway, that was another key point of my story too.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I love how God uses other people to wow, yeah, us, right? I, yes. I have two very pivotal, like, do du- doula clients that that happens yes as well yeah. and I carry that so close to my heart I'm like thank you lord that like yes gave me that um just honor of speaking options into a woman yes. how powerful is that and so you were able to see like there are other other options I'm not stuck in one thing which it's like oh that's just yeah. the Lord too. Like where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and it's like yes, oh,
1: like, I know
0: so much freedom in in our choices and just like it's oh, I don't know, I love it so. So much.
1: Did you yeah.
0: do any like preparation the past thirty weeks of that pregnancy? <laughs> yeah your preparation gets like condensed into seven weeks or so as
1: far as yeah yeah so as far as home birth goes no I did not do preparation however I did a ton of mental prep for a natural birth because I had done research at that point I had done like okay what is my best success like how can I do how can I be responsible as far as it's up to me because ultimately it's the Lord's hands but how can I be as responsible as I can to prepare my body prepare my mind for the best opportunity of having a VBAC. Be, a be and so what I kept finding in my research was being healthy. So exercising, making sure your body's taken good care of. Um, I had had, I have insulin resistance in my family history and I have that, I've had that pop up on several different labs. And so I knew that um, gestational diabetes was something that I could run into. And so I wanted to make sure I was fueling myself well, like preparing my body well with nutritious foods and all that kind of stuff, avoiding things that didn't need to be eaten. Um, so I did a lot of work on that. And then the mental side, I, I, when I, in my research, I also saw that those that had had sex successful VBACs did not have any interventions. Like there was very limited, if any interventions. And I wanted to cut out the potential of anything. Like I was preparing, I hadn't gone so far as this, but I was preparing to say no to literally everything. Like, Oh, do you want this? No. Oh, do you want, no. (laughs) Just like cutting everybody off. Like, I don't want to, I just want to get in the bed or walk around my room. I wanted like, you know, the, the fetal monitor that was Bluetooth. I wanted to make sure that I could wear my own clothes. I wanted to have scripture all over the walls on little sticky notes. I wanted to have um, something nice smelling. I wanted to have pictures of home. I wanted to have pictures of like things that reminded me of where God had met me before in my life, you know, all these things, (laughs) like having to carry my home to the hospital essentially. (laughs) Um, And so a lot of prep on natural birth and pain relieving tactics or, you know, dealing with the the pressure and everything that comes from contractions. So I had done that work. Um, but no, I hadn't I had not done like home prep. That was different. <laughs> okay, yeah. so what
0: did that look like? Then when you decided I'm going to do home birth? Was yeah. there anything specific that you did to prepare For that or was all the preparation that you did mentally for a natural birth kind of spill over into the home birth prep?
1: Yeah, I think it was a lot of spill over. I think the biggest thing um, was just, it's so weird. One of the things that I had as an opposition to why I didn't want a home birth was I didn't want a mess to clean up. (laughs) I say it's weird because Really? That's, that's so the common. thing you're about. Yes. That is so yeah. common. I, okay, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, because that was something that was like a big hang up for me. I was like, oh, I don't wanna I just I just had my baby. I don't wanna have to clean up my mess. <laughs> so uh aside from that, a lot of the prep work I did ahead of time, you're right, like it was just spillover. It was not anything super different, but it was a it was a mental change of like I I was not until I was prepared to look at home with the same safety as I looked at a hospital. Because again, like having to undo the training I received in nursing school slash just living in a Western country where that is where women go vast majority to have birth or birth their babies. You know, I, I had it locked in even, even when I was deciding to have a home birth, because I knew that that was the greatest opportunity for me to not have any interventions, which I already knew, was the great, would give me the greatest chance of having a back, Even though I knew that there was just something to get my head around with, okay, now I have to do all the things I've already trained to do, but at home, what does that look like? You just, you just walk around and have your baby, like <laughs> all these things that I hadn't considered. It was much more of a mental shift than anything else. But I did feel for the most part prepared because I already knew I wanted to try for, or try, and I wanted to do a Intervention free birth as much as I could in a hospital. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that, as you were sharing your story about the doctor and, you, you know, allowing you to like go for a V back, and she had also said, like, we'll try, we'll see, you know, and it's like, yep. I don't think a lot of women kind of tune their ears to hear certain language. Right. And so, I think that this is like a really Important thing and even for home birth midwives, like not all home birth midwives are the same. Sure. And so I think it is so important to kind of be talking about your interactions with like your providers and with yeah. somebody who knows about birth because yes, we might be missing something because of our like bias towards them. Like you loved her, so of course you're they not gonna yeah. be here like oh wait maybe this isn't matching like what I want. And it took an outside perspective
1: to 100%, kind of yeah. give
0: you that clue. Of, Wait, this isn't actually what I want. So, I'm so thankful for her. And I'm so thankful
1: that women have had you to speak that because it it, it was, it was like a light bulb went off. Yeah. I, I, and I can't believe that I had had all these experiences and I still didn't make that decision myself. But again, I do believe that the Lord's timing was perfect. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't answer for all the things that were happening in the background, but I do know that, I mean, when it was revealed to me at that time, I was ready to receive it. Who knows? I may not have been, you know, three, five months prior, but the things that he'd been doing in my heart, preparing, working in me as I prayed and surrendered, surrendered, I was ready to be told, okay, you know what? Maybe you should say bye to that provider. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and then also, maybe you should have baby at home. I could hear that and say, yeah, wow. I've been asking God to lead me. And I can see that 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 is where he's going with me. Like That's where he's wanting me to go. And so anyway, there's, there's a, always a purpose to when he reveals things. And, and I definitely saw that as evidenced in my journey with the, my third and first home birth. Yeah. My third birth, first home birth. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I, as we're closing, I just have one last, well, I have two more questions (laughs) how I think a lot of women are afraid to say goodbye to their providers whether that is a you know OB or midwife or even a home birth midwife that's not fitting with them but how was that process what did you do how did she react um I can only (laughs) imagine because I've been I mean I've walked (laughs) through through this process but I think coming you know, from your perspective, who who's been there and have done that, I think that would be very helpful for somebody out there.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I was thinking as we were talking, I was like, I should probably mention how that went because I was super anxious about it. I, like I said, like I've had at that point, I had had two babies with her and I had this trauma bond to her. It seemed like, Um, you know, and so then, okay, so a little back. I I had a friend who had three home births and she was in my church group and she, I, when I first met her and she knows all these things, so it's, she listens to this. She's going to know, Oh, that's me. And yes, I know she felt those things about me when I first met her and she told me like, I've had three home births. And I was like, Oh, okay. So she's a crazy home birth lady. Like, that's great to know. <laughs> and now I love her. And like I go to her with all my natural <laughs> questions and home birth questions. Anyway, she's great. Um, But when I, when I met her and I was, telling her about my birth stories. And then as we were even going into preparing for my third baby and telling her like, cause I think they asked me, okay, so what are you going to do this time? And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to have to be back and at the hospital, all these things. And she, I remember her asking like, why, like, why are you, why are you with her still? Like, why are you staying with her? And I mean, I felt like just a gas, like, well, of course I'm going to stay with her. And I mean, I, I didn't even have a reason other than, I mean, I couldn't put words to it, but I was like, I just felt like, you know, she knows me, she knows my babies, she knows how my body works. And, you know, that that seems right, you know, but I think it really was, it came down to this weird, obscure, had no idea how to put language to um, just like fixation on her as my birth person, like she was my lady and. Um, I didn't want to hurt her feelings, which that is like you said, like she probably didn't remember me, didn't remember my situation. And if she did remember my situation, it probably wasn't like a, a good, happy, feel-good memory for her. Um uh, but I yeah, I felt like we were friends, I think, in a weird way. I was like, oh, you know, she we get each other, you know. I'm a nurse, she's um she's a MD. We we we're simpatico. <laughs> and so when I was presented with like, oh no, you should probably say goodbye. It doesn't sound like she's had good outcomes for you. That that was, I didn't receive it. I wasn't ready to receive it. And so then with my doula, her talking to me, listening to me tell my story and her being able to say, you know, I, I think maybe a home birth would be better. And me hearing that, receiving that. And my next question being like, well, how do I quit? How do I fire my provider? Like, I don't want to fire her. We're friends. And and so here's what she said, my my doula because I was was way hyping it up. I was like, do I write her a letter? Do I go to the appointment? And I say, you're done, we're done. I'm sorry, it's you, it's not me. We're breaking up. Like, how do I work this out? (laughs) And she was very gracious, just listening to me have my little panic attack of how do I say goodbye to her? And she said, okay, here's what you do. You're gonna call the office on Monday and you're going to say, I am going to be switching care providers. Here's where you can forward my information. You will be receiving a, uh, a formal request for my records from these people. Have a good day. Goodbye. And I said, what? I said, you're kidding. That's all I do? And she said, uh-huh, that's all you do. And you let them handle it. And so then when I went in for my consult with my the midwives I ended up using, that was another thing. I was like, you know, my provider, she's so sweet. I just, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Can you guys break up with her for me? And they were like, absolutely. We've got this. Like, we'll call them. We'll get your records done you don't ever have to talk to them again which that seemed so mean but at the same time I was like perfect thank you so much like it was such a weight lifted that I had I just had no idea to expect that that was going to be something that had weighed on me so heavily that once it was gone and I was told oh goodness you don't have to handle this we've got this we'll do it all for you I just felt like I could breathe easy because I had been carrying this weight of like responsibility for somebody who likely didn't even care that much about me or know much about me anyway so that's how I did it uh, I did send so she did send me an email uh, from her 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 nurse sent me an email saying okay I hear that you're going to be trying for a home birth so we just wish you the best of luck um, and I think she also said was there something that we did and I I don't think I said anything back to that but a few weeks later I sent her a picture of my baby and I said everything went great. I know everything went great um, thank you for your concern. Um, and then I said, he was 8 pounds, 14 ounces. And my daughter that I was apparently too big to have with her was 8 pounds, 15 ounces. And I said, that's it. I hope you guys have a great day. Just want to let you know that we all turned out okay. And that was all I did. Oh, That's it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. That is like what I
0: wanted to do. I actually ended up writing a letter to my OB. <laughs> But guess, it was yeah. kind of mean because I was oh, yeah, yeah. in mm. that space still. Like I hadn't yeah. forgiven yet. Mm. So I had written it all out, and it, I'm pretty sure it's still on my desktop on yes, a computer that that's broken. So, like, I yeah. have access to it. But
1: right. It's, it's done.
0: Yeah. Yes. And you know what? For anybody out there thinking, like, it's, mean to just call the office and like send it okay coming from two clinic nurses that's extremely normal like yeah we get requests of information or release of information all the time like it's they probably didn't think anything of it I mean I guess she did email you (laughs) surprising yeah. yeah that is surprising so I know she must have you know she had a vested interest I'm sure like makes you feel good (laughs) (laughs) Was that camaraderie it's okay like yeah good (laughs) but yeah yeah. yeah. um I I just want to encourage moms out there like if you are firing again air quotes firing a spider it's okay like their feelings probably aren't gonna be that hurt like it's more professional for them than we think it is like it's so personal for us very professional for them so it's okay right
1: Right, because we they were at the most pivotal vulnerable time of our life and so it's like okay wow like you were there with me this is a big deal but to them like that's just another day in the office exactly typically so yeah totally Mm -hmm. all right as we wrap up what is do you have
0: one last like piece of advice or any last comments that you feel like um, a mom like first-time mom or even a mom who has had a c-section or carrying some trauma um mm. should
1: know. Yeah. Oh man, we could just keep talking, Allie. This is just so fun. <laughs> yes, I think we should. I think so. I know we should. <laughs> we should be friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So last last word. What would I say? I think I would just encourage anyone who has it pricked on their heart to explore home birth, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you do, <laughs> or you've had them in the past. But just just press in. Like the Lord, the Lord is so gracious and kind. Like he knows what we need before we even vocalize that we need guidance to know. Like and he knows what we need before we, we have an inkling that there might be a lack um in us. He wants to provide that. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us discernment. He doesn't want you to flop around unsure of what you're doing in your birth. Um, He cares too much about you for that. And also God is not a God of chaos and confusion. He wants to give you clarity. He wants to give you confidence. Not, Not that everything will just happen exactly how you want and that everything will go as planned. No, he also loves you too much for that. He wants you to trust him. He wants to deepen your faith in him. But he does want to do that while he's giving you clarity in the path he wants you to go down. He doesn't want you to flounder. He doesn't want you to just figure it out yourself. He doesn't want you to lean on your own understanding. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to seek his will. And he's not going to withhold that from you. He's not. He's going to guide you. And so something I would encourage any woman who's considering home birth or just really anything, like, just God, where do you want to go? Do you want me to go to the hospital? Because sometimes he does lead you to the hospital, and that's okay, Is just to pray like, God, would you give me the eyes to see? Would you give me the eyes to see when you're speaking, when you're, when you're leading me down a path, when you're saying no to a path, just give me your eyes. I don't want to rely on my own. I don't want to rely on my own understanding and my own interpretation of things. I want your guidance. So give me your eyes to see what's before me um, and what to say yes to and what to say no to, what ears or what, uh, who to listen to, who to allow into my ear. Um, with their advice and their wisdom and who to say no thank you to and a gracious and kind but firm no to because that matters too. who you're allowing into your space and have people to wrap around you in prayer because if you have other people praying for you and you also are praying for god's guidance i mean where two or more gathered in his name i tell you i had some really dear friends pray over me many times anytime i was anxious anytime i was afraid they either prayed with me in person or they would send me texts, of prayers that I could be praying that they were praying for me. You know, this is, this is not a small matter. Your birth is not a small matter. So cover it in prayer, seek his will, and he will show you which path to take.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. And God just being our first step, like before yes. we look anywhere else, you know, yep. it doesn't matter where he tells us to go as long as we're walking in obedience, but he does want us he doesn't want to be that first one. Like, absolutely. Are we going to him first for mm-hmm. our anxieties, for our next steps, for anything? Right. So that's Perfect. super powerful. And this has just been like an, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like yes. I feel so good. <laughs> we were even talking before we started, like the Holy spirit's going to leave. Like yes. <laughs> out, And I believe it. Like anytime yes. we, I just leave this up to him Oh, I just know that there's women listening right now who are like, this is hit, yeah. hitting in a special and impactful yeah. way. So, thank you yeah. for coming on. Yes. Um, Absolutely. If <laughs> want to find you and connect
1: with you? Where can they do that? Yeah. Oh, this has been so fun. It's so hard to say goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah. If you want to follow along, I'm at faithful.labor on Instagram. I have this big dream of doing a blog someday, but we're not there. So that's where you can find me for now. (laughs) And I just share about motherhood, what God's teaching me, um, birth and homeschooling. Yeah.
0: I love it. I'll put that link in the show notes. And thank you so much again, Audrey.
1: Yes. Thank you, Allie. (laughs) I hope you
0: loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on the Apple podcast or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth. Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and peace be with you.